right, pop quiz. Here we go. Everybody ready? That's going to be an easy one. Y'all are ready for this. Fill in the blank. This is interactive. I like what Weston did earlier. This is interactive. That's your cue that you can, you can say the answer out loud. Fill in the blank. John the Baptist. Very good. We are in a Baptist church, so that's kind of what I expected a little bit. But you know, you could have, you really could have said John the Apostle. And that would have been fine too, because that would have been a correct answer. I'm one of those teachers who, um, if you can defend your answer and it's anywhere near right, I'm going to give you credit for it. Uh, the important thing is to defend the answer. So fill in the blank, John the Baptist. And we are talking about John the Baptist today. Not to confuse you with John the Apostle, we will be reading from the Gospel of John a little bit later about John the Baptist. And so that letter, that Gospel, was written by John the Apostle, uh, not John the Baptist. You know, when you fill in the blank on John the Baptist, there are a lot of there are a lot of descriptors that that you can fill in. I was making a list of these yesterday in preparation for the message today, and um, so here we go. John the Baptist. You could fill in the blank with that. You could say John the Baptizer. That's good. It's related to Baptist. John the Identifier, because you remember it was John the Baptist, who said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And you know, I was going to bring my favorite hoodie that's got Behold, the Lamb of God, uh, Andrew Peterson, uh, 20th anniversary. I was going to bring that today. I forgot that, rats. Y'all you, are going to have to visualize your pastor in the hoodie. Um, but John the Baptist, John the Baptizer, John the Identifier, John the Testifier. He told people, who the Son of God was, John the Messenger, John the Discipler, John the Decreaser, John the Elijah, John the Greatest Among Men Born of Women. What a description. John the Last of the Old Testament Prophets. And even this morning as I was going over this list, I realized I had left off one of the best fill-in-the-blank answers possible for John the Baptist, and it was John the Witness. I left that one completely out. Oh, oh, and there's one more descriptor that I want to make sure that you have in regards to John the Baptist, and it's John the... Uh, uh, what is it? The honey eater, the locust eater, the leather wearer. No, that wasn't it. Sorry. But right answer, and, and Brother Colby, I'm giving you credit because you, you're brave. You're bold. So one more descriptor. John the preparer. You guys are so good, but it's the wrong answer again. Uh, so brave, so bold. But here's the thing. Normally, when I ask for interaction, I actually want it. But in, oh, you got one? 
John the Herald? No, that's, it is correct. It is correct. By the way, honey eater, preparer, Herald, those are all correct. But this is one of those interactive uh, situations where I don't want you to fill in the blank because I want you to think about this throughout the course of the message. We're going to come back to it, I promise. We'll get to this descriptor in a few minutes. John the... And then we'll fill in the blank. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your precious word of... The word of God is so precious. It's so rich. It's so full. There is so much. How could we ever exhaust this supply of your love and care and wisdom for us? We thank you for your word. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given us your word and that we now have the responsibility of looking into your word and studying your word and hearing what you have to say to us today. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Three simple questions today. Question number one, who was John the Baptist? Matthew chapter 11, we'll be jumping around. There are several great passages about John the Baptist, but uh, we'll read from Matthew chapter 11 first beginning in verse 7 through 15. Question number one, who was John the Baptist? Hear the word of the Lord. As these men were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go into the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothes? See, those who wear soft clothes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one greater than John the Baptist has appeared, but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence, and the violent have been seizing it by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who is to come. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen. Who was John the Baptist? Hey, that's a good question. You know how I know that's a good question? Because Jesus asked it three times in this passage alone. What did you go out in the wilderness to see? Did you go out to see a reed swaying in the wind? He asked the question, then he gives the wrong answer to see because he knows that's not why they went out. Then he asks it again. He says, what then did you go out to see? Did you, see a, did you go out to see a man dressed in soft clothes? No, those who wear soft clothes are in palaces. And then he asks it a third time. Jesus asked the same question, the same question I'm asking you today. Who was John the Baptist? And he says, what then did you go out to see? A prophet? Now he's getting a little bit closer to the truth that he wants to emphasize. And he says, yes, a prophet, and more than a prophet. John the Baptist was the messenger. John the Baptist was such a special man. We covered his birth. We talked about his miraculous birth in Sunday school this morning. What a blessing Sunday school was this morning. Brother Ken led us in, in our class, and it was, it was just so meaningful. And we, we concentrated on Zechariah and Zechariah's crisis of faith when the angel appeared to him and told him after he had been waiting many, many years, maybe 30 years, maybe 35 years possibly, 
that he was going to have a son. Oh, by the way, did you know that Zechariah's name means God remembers? And Zechariah is really, he hearkens back to Abraham. Abraham had to wait a long time for God's promise, but God remembered Abraham. And God remembered Zechariah and Elizabeth and the suffering that they had been through, sadly, without children. And John the Baptist was born to Zechariah and Elizabeth. He was a special man. Ron and I were talking about another special instance, an incident in the life of John the Baptist. Before he was born, when he was in his mother's womb, when Mary came to visit them. And the scriptures clearly say that when John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb heard the greeting from Mary, he leaped in her womb. He was alive. He was cognizant. He knew what was going on even in the womb. There are many in our culture in our nation, who will tell you that what's in the woman's womb is not a sentient being, that what is in the woman's womb is not worthy of protection, is really not worthy of life. And you know, abortion really is just the modern-day version of child sacrifice. You know that, right? You know that the, that Satan seeks to destroy and murder is one of his best ways to do it. And if he can prey on women to the point where they believe that the best option for them and their child is to do away with that child, he wins. Life loses. So one of the most beautiful stories of John the Baptist is one of the first stories where he's not even born yet and he's already testifying to who Jesus is. It's amazing. He's the messenger. He's got a message for us. He's a special man. He had a special mission. He is identified with Elijah. Now, I don't know that I'd ever seriously thought about it. Now, how is John the Baptist like Elijah? i got to think about that. And I don't know that I've ever seriously thought about it, but in preparation, I, I would say that uh, they both dress kind of oddly. Um, and, and their diet, Brother Colby, was very unusual as well. Um, Elijah was fed by ravens. Um, John the Baptist ate honey. And they were both dressed very uh, unusually, they, their attire actually brought attention to themselves and their mission. It, it was part of the promotion of their mission. Now, no one else in the New Testament do we really know what they wore, but we know what John the Baptist wore. So that's one way that John the Baptist was like Elijah. Here's another way. They both preached with power. They were known as powerful preachers of repentance. They both spoke truth to power Think about Elijah and the bravery that Elijah had in speaking to the most powerful man in the country, King Ahab, 
and how Elijah told him that what he was doing in abandoning the worship of God was wrong. He put his life at risk. And you remember Ahab was married to Jezebel, and they both had it in for him. And Elijah spoke power, spoke truth to power. John the Baptist spoke truth to the power also. John the Baptist spoke to King Herod and told him, your marriage is wrong. You cannot marry your brother's wife. He told that to the most powerful person in that region. And he was put in prison for it. And eventually, he was murdered for that. So it's another reason that I know that John the Baptist wasn't Elijah. He dressed funny. He was a great preacher, a powerful preacher. He spoke truth to power. And he even spoke truth to power when his life was on the line. Elijah stood up against 400 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. He stood alone, took them on. His life was on the line. But on that day, the prophets of Baal died, and Elijah was victorious. Didn't work that way for John the Baptist. John the Baptist spoke truth to power, put his life on the line, and he ended up giving his life for truth. So John the Baptist, a special man with a special mission, and he was a special messenger. His job was to prepare the way for the Lord. So question number one, who was John the Baptist? Is a great question because Jesus asked it too. Asked it three times in this passage alone. Question number two, what did John the Baptist do? Let's look now at John chapter 1. Remember I told you a little bit earlier that we'd be reading from John. This is the gospel of John, John the Apostle. And this passage is about Jesus, but it's also about John the Baptist. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing that was created has been created. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. In this passage that harkens back to Genesis chapter 1, John the apostle tells us that Jesus is the light of the world. But he also tells us that someone is going to come before the light of the world. A lamp is going to appear. And this lamp is not the light. This lamp is John the Baptist. So what did John the Baptist do? He prepared the way of the Lord. Trevin sent me this yesterday about John the Baptist. He says, quote, So you've got two Johns, the, the John who wrote the gospel, and the John here who is described as the witness In the Gospel of John, John the Baptist is not known as the Baptist. He's not known as John the Baptist. He's not known as John the Baptizer. As a matter of fact, if if all we had to go on was the Gospel of John, we wouldn't call him John the Baptist. We probably would call him John the Witness. Why is that? That's because there are 14 places in the Gospel of John in which, which this John the Baptist guy is described as bearing witness or giving testimony to Jesus. John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus. He was the witness. 
What else did he do? Well, he baptized Jesus. What else did he do? Well, he identified Jesus. John the Baptist clearly told everyone he could, everyone who would listen, that the Messiah was coming. And then when the Messiah did come, he pointed him out. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If you could have described John the Baptist's message, his life message, in two parts, in two points, it would be this. Point number one, the Messiah is coming. Point number two, the Messiah has come. If you could boil down all of John's words, all of his message, two points, the Messiah is coming. Second point, the Messiah is here. Who was John the Baptist? What did John the Baptist do? Third question, why did Jesus say that John the Baptist was the greatest born to women, to woman? Matthew chapter 11, 11, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, among those born of woman, no one greater than John the Baptist has appeared, but the least in the kingdom is greater than he. Two stunning statements. First statement, John the Baptist, greatest among women. Why? Well, we'll attempt to answer that in, the, in a moment. But the second statement is like unto the first, and it's a stunner, it's a shocker as well. But the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. What did Jesus mean when he said that? How could this be? I can give you reasons why John the Baptist is the greatest born among women. But what kind of reasons can I give you that the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he? It's an interesting question. It's a difficult question. I would say that the answer may very well be an answer in time because at that point in time, even the least in the kingdom of heaven understood what was going on and John the Baptist didn't. And he clearly did not understand what was going on. He was a great man, the greatest born among women, but he did not really understand all that God was about to reveal. And the least in the kingdom of heaven would understand it. I want to take you now to John chapter 3, one of my favorite passages about John the Baptist. Another great passage that has some interesting, puzzling things in it. John chapter 3, verse 22 and following. After this, Jesus and his disciples went to the Judean countryside where he spent time with them and baptized. John also was baptizing in Enon near Salem because there was plenty of water there. People were coming and being baptized since John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then a dispute arose between John's disciples and a Jew about purification, verse 26. So they came to John and told him, Rabbi, the one you testified about and who was with you across the Jordan is baptizing and everyone is going to him. John responded, No one can receive anything unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I'm not the Messiah, but I've been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the groom, but the groom's friend who stands by and listens for him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So this joy of mine is complete. And then here's the, here are the immortal words. John doesn't have a tomb 
But if he did, this could be his epitaph. He must increase, but I must decrease. And you know, I told you at the beginning that we could fill in the blank, and it's John the Baptist, John the Baptizer, John the Witness, John the Testifier, John the Identifier. The list goes on and on. We can add another one here too. John the Groom's Friend. Because John was all about always pointing it back to Jesus. He must increase, but I must decrease. And I think this is a severe test for John. And his disciples are being tested as well because they come to him and they say, Teacher, you are aware now that your popularity is diminishing. And the one you testified about, they don't even name him here. They don't even say his name. But the other one, the one you testified about, His popularity is growing. His crowds are growing. Your crowds are shrinking. And I think it's a test. And I think John passed the test with flying colors. And how did he do it? By pointing back to the one that he was most happy to see. By pointing back to the one that he was most happy to rejoice with, the groom. And in a foreshadowing of what was to happen to him, John the Baptist says, so this joy of mine is complete. Why did Jesus say that John the Baptist was the greatest born of women? Well, here are three reasons. Number one, I think John the Baptist truly understood his place. He was a humble, humble man. In John chapter 5, verse 35, Jesus says this about John. By the way, Jesus talked about John the Baptist more than anybody else. He understood his his role in preparing the way of the kingdom. But in John chapter 5, verse 35, Jesus says this, John the Baptist was a burning and shining lamp. Church father Augustine, some 1,700 years, wrote this. John the Baptist does not enlighten every person Christ does. And John the Baptist recognized that he himself was a lamp in order not to be blown out by the wind of pride. A lamp can be both lit and blown out. But the word of God cannot be put out. A lamp always can. John the Baptist was truly humble. He recognized his place. He realized that he was a lamp, a lamp that could be blown out. And by the way, his lamp was blown out. But he was testifying and pointing to the light of the world who could never be blown out. So one reason why I think John the Baptist is described by Jesus as being the greatest born among women was his humility. Another reason, I think, is because you always see him in connection with Jesus. Even before he's born, he's leaping in his mother's womb when he knows that Mary and Jesus are in close proximity. Every time you see John the the Baptist in the scriptures, he is connected to Jesus. And oh, if that were the case for us. Because you see, it's your relationship with Jesus that matters. Nothing else matters. It's your relationship. And and John the Baptist was 100% connected with Jesus in everything he said, everything he did. It was who he pointed to. It was who he rejoiced about. 
Here's another reason. John the Baptist was considered the greatest born among women that he was faithful, he was obedient, even to death. You know, earlier when we started, we, we were filling in the blank. We had that pop quiz and we were John the Baptist, John the baptizer, John the identifier, John the witness, John the messenger, John the discipler, John the decreaser, John the Elijah, John the greatest born of woman. And here's one more description. Now, this is the one that no one named that I hope maybe you were thinking about. Probably not because I didn't give you much. But we also could refer to John as John the doubter. John the Baptist had doubts. John the Baptist, the one who was prophesied. John the Baptist, the Elijah. John the Baptist, the one who prepared the way of the Lord. John the Baptist had doubts. Oh, yes, he had doubts. Matthew chapter 11, verse 1 through 6. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the town of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one? Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? I'm going to stop right there. John has been in prison probably for two years at this point. Reminds me of the story of Joseph in prison. Two years. But God remembered. But John's thinking, I could be so much more effective if I were out there telling people that the Messiah has come. That's what I used to do. Before he came, I told people that he was coming. And when I saw him, I knew who he was. And I pointed to him. And I said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I could be so much more useful to you, God, outside of this prison and out there preaching to the masses. And so now doubt has crept in. Two years in a dank, dark prison cell is a long time. And so John dispatches his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one or do we wait for another? Doubt has crept in. So here's Jesus' reply. Verse 4, Matthew chapter 11. Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Now, that's a great report, but John's still in prison. Unsure of whether he'll live or die. Knowing one thing for sure, he's not very effective there, at least in human terms. And I think that's why Jesus said, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me because God's ways are not our ways. We do not understand Zechariah and Elizabeth did not understand why they had to wait so long thinking that they would probably never have a child. They did not know God's plan. When Joseph was languishing in the prison for those two years, what's he thinking? God has provided miraculously for me to come into contact with two of the most 
important, powerful people in the kingdom who had the king's ear, surely they will tell what happened here. And they didn't. I think John the Baptist is such encouragement for us. We talked at length today in Sunday school about doubt. Encouragement number one, there's four of them here. Even John the Baptist had doubts. Now some people, like Carol, Carol shared her testimony with us in Sunday school today. Some people don't have those doubts, but boy, I I sure did. And I take consolation in knowing that, that John the Baptist did too. And I also take encouragement that not only did he have doubts, Jesus answered him. He didn't leave him hanging. He sent him back a pretty good answer. He said, go tell him what's happening. And then he referred him back to the scriptures. Encouragement number three, Jesus directed John the Baptist back to the scriptures. And then fourthly, the fourth encouragement, Jesus did not rebuke John the Baptist here. You know, sometimes doubt needs to be rebuked. And we had a perfect example of it in the Sunday school lesson today. Zechariah was rebuked for his lack of faith. But Jesus doesn't rebuke John the Baptist here. He sends him encouragement. He sends him the answer. This is also from Trevin. He says this, You believer, you are a witness to the truth. You are a witness to the word. The scriptures say that there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This passage in John 1, one day if someone were to write down your life story, would they be able to say the same thing? There was a, a man sent from God whose name was Sam. There was a man sent from God whose name was Tim Van Cleef. There was a man sent from God whose name was Ken Kangas and Myra Willeman and Laura Gillette. And Haley Armstrong. You see, this is how God chooses to send his message. He speaks through us. We are his witnesses. You know, John the Baptist, if you could sum up his entire life into two points, separated by some time, but yes, there they are. The first point is Jesus is coming. The Messiah is coming. Second point, he's here. He's here. Our lives are a little bit different. But our lives should be summed up in two points as well. First point, he was here. Jesus was here. Second point, he's coming back. Are you ready? The thing I love about John is it was not about him. It was all about Jesus. And I hope that we could all have this on our tombstone and that we would all deserve it. He must increase. I must decrease. Will you pray with me? Father, what a, what a life John led. I think of the contrast. I think of the powerful preaching 
with so many people repenting as he prepared the way for your son Jesus. I think of the great success he had in ministry. I think of the honor it must have been to have baptized Jesus. The the one who John in all humility said, I'm not even worthy to unbuckle his sandals. And yet John had the great honor to baptize Jesus. And, And at that baptism, the scriptures clearly say that John the Baptist saw the heavens open, heard the voice of God, and saw the Holy Spirit descending as a dove and then resting on Jesus. Well, those are all great things, Lord, and wonderful, wonderful. Everyone would love to have participated in those parts of John's ministry, but then we remember that John spent the last two years of his life in prison wondering when the axeman's blade would fall. And so we confess, Lord, that we don't understand you. Your ways are not our ways, but we trust you. And we place ourselves fully in your hand. You must increase, we must decrease. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.